<laughs> oh my, it is so good to hear our theme song again. The Melancholy Serenade, directed there by our orchestra leader, Jackie Gleason. Great sound, Jackie. Yeah, he's over there busy. He can't talk too much right now. You're doing a good job there, Jackie. Sounds real nice. Hello, friends. Welcome. And welcome to a special holiday edition, a special 4th of July edition here of Sounds Like Radio. We are celebrating our great country's birth today with a special Great Gildersleeve style 4th of July as we are going to be listening to two episodes of the Great Gildersleeve as he celebrates the 4th all by himself. <laughs> well, uh, he's got a, a PB and he's got uh, Marjorie <laughs> and Judge Hooker. Well, he's got the whole gang there to help celebrate. We got a couple of great episodes of the uh, 4th of July Great Gildersleeve programs for you. In fact, I, I can only think of two in the whole series. Uh, I have read that the uh, one of the shows we'll be playing was an annual program, but I can't find any other annual presentations of it. Yeah, I'm going to keep looking. I'll keep looking. Who knows? Maybe they're there somewhere. Now, I can't think of a better way to start our 4th of July program with Mr. America, the great Bing Crosby, and what's more American than Bing and me and you. What's more American than cornflakes? Cornflakes. The 4th of July and Uncle Sam. And Uncle Sam. What's more American than baseball? I am, I am, I am. What's more American than toothpaste? Rock and roll, peanut butter, toast and jam. And toast and jam and toast and jam. What's more American than okay? I am, I am, I am. The Stars and Stripes, George Washington, the Capitol Dome, and Bubblegum. There's General Grant and Robert E. Lee. But most of all, you can count on little old me, me, me. What's more American than ice cream? Chow mein, pizza pie, Virginia ham. What's more American than bingo? I am, I am, I am. Ours is a heritage second to none. We are a nation. United is one, our founding fathers gave us that start, and their love for our country lives on in every heart. What's more American than football, TV, and mighty Superman? What's more American than Swanee? I am, I am, I am. The Bill of Rights, the Bill of Rights, and Betsy Ross, and Betsy Ross, the Liberty Bell, the Liberty Bell. and Paul Revere's bar, old Santa Claus, and a Christmas tree. But most of all, you can count on little old me, me, me. What's more American than praying in a church of your choice across the land? What's more American than saying, I am? more American than saying I am, I am, I am. Oh, what happened to the rest of the people? Oh, <laughs> oh my, I hate getting caught with my tonsils hanging out like that. Oh, it's just bad. It's just bad, that's all.
you have to make it way said. Uh, Jack Webb here. <laughs> Jack Webb. Well, he, he likes to celebrate the 4th of July. I mean, why not? Uh, all right, let's get to our first great Gildersleeve show. Let's see. This one uh, goes. We had to skip this program at the uh, time when we were playing the great Gildersleeve shows in consecutive order. Uh, I believe what we did, we uh, skipped it. We went to the following, you know, yeah, what we did, we had to skip it and go to the first show of the following season because this was the last program of the 1945-1946 season. You know, the seasons begin in September and they end in June of the following year, generally speaking. And this is a show from June 9th, 1946, uh, when we were originally playing the uh, shows, we played the June 2nd program, and then we had to skip it and go all the way to September 18th, 1946, beginning of the uh, following season. But now we're going back to where we left off before. We're going to listen to that show that we skipped. And why do we skip it? Because it's a holiday program, and the holiday time is right now. It's perfect right now to hear a 4th of July show. This happens to be one of my favorite 4th of July programs. It's the Great Gildersleeve, as he recalls a great 4th of July picnic. <laughs> I like this show. Listen especially for Peavy when he dips his little tootsies in the lake. It's kind of cold, you know. Well, uh, just listen. It's really a nice show. Let's listen. The Kraft Foods Company presents The Great Gildersleeve. It's The Great Gildersleeve, starring Harold Perry, brought to you by the Kraft Foods Company, makers of a complete line of famous quality food products. For the past couple of weeks, we have been recalling to you some of The Great Gildersleeve's early experiences. Tonight, the great man wants to talk about one of the biggest days in his whole life. We give you now Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. Well, sir, as long as I live, I'll never forget last 4th of July. <laughs> what a day. That was the day of the first annual outing of the Jolly Boys Social Club. Come one, come all, and bring your friends. I'd been up late the night before with the committee on arrangements, and I was planning to celebrate the anniversary of the independence of our country by sleeping a little late that morning. Huh. About 7 o'clock, outside my window... Yes, yes. There was a war on then. That was only a year ago. Can you believe it? You couldn't buy fireworks anywhere in those days. But Breeze there, boy, with soul so dead he can't find some way to blow himself up on the 4th? I figured I'd better get down there and see what was... Leroy, whatever you're doing, stop it. I'm not doing anything, huh? Don't tell me that. I've got ears. Or I did have. Well, hold your fire till I can get down there. You can't deny a small boy the 4th of July. That's his day. But I still remember the time I made the mistake of carrying a three-inch salute in my hip pocket. And my best friend sneaked up on me with a piece of punk. It was burned in my memory. <laughs> I didn't want anything like that to happen to Leroy, so I got up and shaved and got dressed. 
put on my white Palm Beach suit and my white canvas shoes that I hadn't worn in years, and hurried downstairs. Breakfast was a rather disordered meal that day. I guess we were all a little excited. Marjorie kept jumping up and down and rushing off places. I finally told her to sit down. Marjorie, I said, for heaven's sake, light somewhere. But I'm all through, Uncle Morris. I don't care. Sit down. You make me nervous. But I'm supposed to be helping Bertie make the lunch. That can wait till after breakfast. One thing at a time here. Where's my cereal? Leroy, wipe your chin. Bertie, I'm ready for my cereal. I'm coming. We ought to get a bell. Here you are, Mr. Gilsleeve. Leroy, how about you? Oh, I'm pouring purple. What's this you've given me, Bertie? That's it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's the chopped olives for the sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> olives are my favorite fruit, Bertie, but not for breakfast. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Gillsley. That's what comes from making lunch and breakfast at the same time. I only hope I didn't go and spread the oatmeal on the sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bertie's a scream this morning. How do you like her with that cap over her eye? <laughs> I really ought to go out there and help her. Sit still, my dear. It'll only add to the confusion. She'll fight her way out of this. What time are we leaving for the picnic grounds, Unky? Well, Floyd should be coming by here for us about 11. Floyd Munson? Are we going with him? Yeah, he's going to get his cousin's hay wagon. We'll all ride out together. Everybody. Big excursion. Oh, how wonderful. A hay ride. I've got to run right over and tell Marshall. Yeah, Marshall will find out. You stay right where you are. A hay ride. Oh, this is going to be more fun. Unky, I think you were a darling to arrange it. Yeah. <laughs> and don't you look pretty in your nice white suit? Doesn't he look pretty, Leroy? He looks like the good humor man. <laughs> I feel like the good humor man, Leroy. Yes, sir, nobody's going to make me mad today. But don't keep trying, Leroy. <laughs> Well, we had work to do that morning, but all of a sudden, nothing would do. We should drop everything and hang out the flag. Well, what's the use of having a flag if you don't hang it out on the 4th of July? <laughs> all right. So you tramp upstairs to the attic. Two flights. <laughs> Extra step. <laughs> well, you rummage around and you find the flag. Then you open the front attic window. It hasn't any sash cord, so you have to prop it up with a stick. Only you can't find a stick, so you use a coat hanger. I'll go out in the yard, Uncle Morton, see how it looks. Now, Leroy, when I get out the window, you hold on to my legs. What for? You, what for? What do you think? Just hold on to them, that's all. Now, don't let go. Okay. No, no, not yet, Leroy. We'd like it out there. I thought you said to hold on to them. Well, use your head, my boy. Now, you lower the flag out the window. And you squirm part way out yourself. And then you look down. Hold on, Leroy. Oh, sure, that's the time the telephone always rings. Leroy, telephone. For me? Yes, for you. I'll be back, huh? Okay, oh, Leroy. You come back here. Yeah, the little devil. There you are, half in and half out, straddling the windowsill on your stomach in a Palm Beach suit that's just been cleaned and too tight. <laughs> There's only one thing to do. You try to inch your way back in. <sighs> there you are, teetering in space while your life hangs in the balance. And then it happens. 
Your elbow hits the hanger. The window drops like a guillotine. Oh, right in the back. You're pinned there like a rat in a trap, clutching at old glory. Four or five hours pass. Maybe it's four or five minutes. You've been hollering as loud as you can, with the wind knocked out of you in your heart and your throat. And then some fool happens along and calls to you. What you doing, Throckmorton? <laughs> Shoot if you must this old gray head, but spare your country's flag, he said. Leela, help. This is no joke, Leela. I'm stuck. Oh, gracious. Get help. You stay right there, Throckmorton, you hear? I'll be up. Safe at last. Safe again in the bosom of my little family. What might have been an ugly incident was turned into a happy triumph. For old glory waved proudly from our attic window. We all went out front to look at it. And we all agreed that it looked just fine there. It looks just fine there, Throckmorton. Just fine. It looks beautiful. Yeah. How do you like it, Bertie? Mr. Gilfrey, if I had my way, I'd leave it there all the time. <laughs> yes, sir, it looked fine. But there were other things to do, and time was wasting, so I gave a few orders. Let's get going here, Bertie. No time to lose. Yes, sir. Now, Marjorie, you help Bertie with the lunch. Okay. Leela, I wonder if you could give him a hand. Well, I have to dress yet, Throckmorton, but I'd be glad to do what I can. Good. Leroy, you carry out the basket and things as they get them packed. Me? Yes, you. What are you going to do? I'm going to sit down on the porch here for a while and think about the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I sat down on the swing there and lit a cigar. And I thought how different this was from other Fourth of Julys I'd known. How quiet and how nice. And I thought how a man's tastes change as he grows older. Why, when I was a youngster, I lived in a world of high explosives. Dynamite caps, five-inch salutes, red devils, Roman candles, erupting strombolis, 50-cent skyrockets. Uh, I loved him. Not anymore. Suddenly, I looked down the walk, and here came a little boy that might have been me at the age of six. Only it wasn't. It was little Craig Bullard from across the street, and he was pulling a toy cannon. I knew what he was going to say before he said it. Can Leroy play? Well, hello, Craig. That's how you got there. I want Leroy to play with me. Well, Leroy's inside right now. Time to come out. <laughs> well, he has some work to do, Craig. I want him to come out. Uh, later, perhaps later. Uh, who gave you the cannon? My father. Oh, that's fine. Doesn't go off, does it? No, Craig, surely your father's told you not to aim that thing at people. Craig, what are you going to do? I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> now, Craig, what's that string for? I'm going to pull it. Don't you shoot that thing. I'm going to pull it. One. Craig, you hear me? Don't you shoot that. Two. Look, Craig, I thought of a game. Three. Who? <laughs> uh, I knew it wouldn't shoot. Hi, Leroy. Uh, little guest to see you, Leroy. Oh, for 
I'll see you later, Craig. I'm busy. I have a cannon. What's that? I have a cannon. Hey, pretty me. Let's have a look at it, Craigie, old boy. Maybe I can show you how to shoot it. You do, and I'll shine Boy, it. this is one of those carbide cannons. I'm full of string and nothing happens. Well, no wonder what you need is carbide. I've got some around in the garage. Come on. Hey, did you ever think of loading it with gravel? Leroy. Yeah? No carbide, Leroy. But it's meant for carbide. And no gravel. Okay, no gravel, just carbide. And no carbide. Okay. Come on, Craig. I know what we'll do. What were they going to do? I sat there uneasily, wondering how little boys ever lived to reach the age of 12. <laughs> but pretty soon they were back again. Craig's a little boy. That's no reason to get angry with him if he wants to imagine things. I'm General Eisenhower. He's Rommel. Yeah. <laughs> now he wants to change sides, the dirty guy. <laughs> he must have discovered how the game comes out. I'm going to take my cannon and go home. Yeah, well, that's all right. I think that's a very wise decision, my boy. Very wise indeed. Rommel would have been smart if he'd done the same thing. <laughs> Well, so it went. A few laughs, a few fights, a little excitement, and a lot of bustle and preparation. It was noon before we knew it, and the jolly boys were overdue. Leela had gone home to dress, and we were standing on the front porch waiting. Leroy and Marjorie and her boyfriend and I. And the wagon hove in sight. Here it comes. Here it comes, Auntie. Oh, boy, look at it. Yes, sir. It was Floyd's cousin's hay wagon with a nice bed of fresh hay. And there were red, white, and blue bows on the tails of the horses. And somebody had twined red, white, and blue crepe paper through the spokes of the wheels. Floyd's cousin was handling the horses, and Floyd sat on the seat beside him. And believe it or not, he had an accordion. Oh, brother, is that corny? Oh, it's wonderful. Don't you love it, Marshall? Oh, Auntie, I'm so happy. Don't jump up and down with the thermos bottles, my dear. Oh, ahoy there, Commissioner. Ahoy, jolly boys. Climb aboard. Oh, yes. Okay, let's get started, huh? They all were. Good old Hooker, good old Peavy, good old Floyd, and good old Gates. I tell you to look at that good old wagon, all red, white, and blue, and all those fine fellows in it. Well, made you proud of your country, that's all. I'm glad there was a Fourth of July. Come on, come on, what are we waiting for? Yeah, come on, Commissioner. Scramble up there, Leroy. Okay. Up you go, Marjorie. Oh, You're nice, Gildy. Give him a hand there, somebody. Oh, don't strain yourself, Mr. Gilbert. Hey, hey, hey. Hold those horses there. Oh, hold oh, 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 now. All together, fellas. Now, yeah. happy daisy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, let's go. Get out of there. Yeah, hey, Wish. Huh? Don't forget to stop for the girls. Are you kidding? <laughs> oh, take me out to the Yes, 
Yes, sir, it looks like it's going to be a great picnic. You know, when a person's hungry, there's nothing quite so satisfying as a slice of bread with your favorite spread. Well, parquet margarine's my favorite spread, Mr. Lang, but it's often so hard to get. And right now, we're all being asked to go easy on bread, so there'll be more for hungry people who really need it. So surely you're not trying to sell me on the idea of using more. That's right, I'm not. The point I'm trying to make is that bread and spreads are basic hunger-satisfying foods, two of the foods most vitally needed in the world today. Here at home, we're fortunate that there's some of both for everyone. Not all we'd like, perhaps, but enough. And by conserving bread and spreads when they're in short supply, it helps everyone to get a fair share. That, Mr. Lang, is going to make me use parquet sparingly and to appreciate its fine flavor and food value all the more. And I'd like to just add that Kraft will continue to make all the parquet margarine possible under present conditions and distribute it as fairly as we can. Thanks again for being so patient when supplies of parquet are temporarily limited. Yes, sir, quite a day, the 4th of July. Everybody had a good time riding out to the picnic grounds. Leroy was up front with the driver. Marjorie and Marshall Bullard sat together talking very seriously. Floyd was playing his accordion. Mostly requests from Eve Goodwin and Leela Ransom. Sounded pretty good. Floyd was all dressed up for a day in the country with white sports shoes. Judge Hooker had on a pair of golf knickers he dug up someplace. I never knew the judge was bow-legged before. That'll do, Leroy. Eve Goodwin was looking very pretty with a big straw hat on. Leela was wearing something she called a play suit. Didn't you ever hear of a play suit, Rock Martin? No, but I like it. What'll we play? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we got out to the grounds in about an hour. Nice woodsy spot besides a little stream. Quite a good deep pool at one point. We unloaded the baskets with the food. Everything was so peaceful for a few minutes. Just pile all that stuff over here, boys, under the tree. What about putting it out here in the open? I prefer to have it under the tree, Floyd, and since I'm to be the chef... Who said you were going to be the chef, Judge? Naturally, I assumed that... Well, just turn off your assumer. You're assuming too fast. Yeah, I'm pretty fair-handed at a barbecue myself. I will attend to the barbecuing, Floyd. Who said so? It just so happens, Gildy, that my recipe for barbecued frankfurters is acknowledged the best in town. Uh, Not by me, it ain't. I got a sauce makes a hot dog taste like filet mignon. Well, my sauce makes it taste like a hot dog. I, I still say if you have any regard for our guests, you let me be the chef. Oh, is now, that so? Now, wait a minute. Fellas, is this any way to behave? Why, what'll our guests think of the Jolly Boys? Gee, I never thought of that. We've got an organization with a reputation to maintain. Summerfield has its eye on the Jolly Boys Club. Chief Gates is right, fellas. I'll withdraw my claim to the chef's job. So will I. You take it, Floyd. No, Judge, you take it. Oh, no. Well, I'll let Gildersleeve have it. Oh, no, not me. Well, for heaven's sake... You asked for it in the first place, Judge. That has nothing to do with it. The no, idea. I, I, I never see it. Let's be jolly boys, shall we? <laughs> So harmony finally prevailed. We made Hooker chef, and then somehow I got stuck with the job of collecting wood for a fire. 
So naturally, I went looking for Leroy. I finally found him down by the creek. Leroy, put your shoes on. I want you to gather some wood for a fire. Oh, no. Now, Leroy. I'm working on an important project. I can't stop in the middle of it. What is the project? I'm improving the swimming hole. Everybody will be grateful when it's done. There's nothing the matter with the swimming hole, my boy. It doesn't need any projects. Are you kidding? It isn't deep enough. I can't even get over my head. It isn't necessary to drown to have a good time, my boy. Now, put on your shoes. Oh, please, Doc. I'll get the firewood later. Can't I just build a small dam? Well, all right. But building a dam is harder than you think. Well, if a dumb animal can do it, I can do it. Gosh, a beaver. They chew down trees with their teeth and then slap the mud on with their tails. How are you going to manage that? <laughs> sit on it. Or maybe you could sit on it. That'd be better. Leroy! You're going to play in the water. Put on your bathing suit. <laughs> I finally got Marjorie and Marshall Bullard to go out and collect firewood. They'd been mooning around with nothing to do, and they seemed glad of an excuse to go off for a walk by themselves. Of course, when they came back an hour later, they'd forgotten to bring any firewood. <laughs> they didn't seem to mind going back for some more. Although, by that time, the rest of us were getting ready to go swimming. Say, Kamesh, that school teacher don't look bad in a bathing suit, does she? Miss Goodwin is a lady, Floyd. Did I say she wasn't? Ransom ain't bad either. Are you referring to Mrs. Ransom? Well, sure. What's the matter? You better watch your step there, Floyd. Remember, Mr. Gildersleeve's been engaged to practically every woman on this picnic. Now, see here, you... Holy kidding, Commissioner, weren't we, Floyd? Well, I thought so. Come on, let's go swimming. Well, gentlemen, off for a plunge in the brook? Phoebe! <laughs> come on, get into your bathing suit. <laughs> no, thanks, Mr. Gildersleeve, not today. Oh, come on, Peeve, it'll cool you off. No, no, really, the fact is, I'm not much of a swimmer. Oh, just float, then. Anybody can float. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I've always had trouble floating. Oh, there's nothing to it, Peeve. Just lie on your back and don't move. And that's what they always told me. Well? And every time I try it, water goes up my nose. Well, your head must be heavier than your feet. That's what I say. You too? Aren't you all going in the water? We'll be right there, Leela. We're trying to get Peavy to come along. What, Peavy? Not going swimming? Uh, no, Judge, not today. Well, good way to work up an appetite, Peavy. Well, I dare say, but the uh, fact is, gentlemen, I promised Mrs. Peavy I wouldn't go. She has a theory it's uh, bad to go in the water on a hot day. Ah, uh, it's a lot of baloney. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Not to Mrs. Peavy, anyway. <laughs> uh, of course, right now, she's out of town. Yeah, that's right. Come on, Peavy, come on, fellas. Last one into the water is a rotten egg. <laughs> Well, that's no way I want to dive in. Well, I don't think the water's deep enough, Throckmorton. Any deep enough for a good diver. You could dive off that rock, Commissioner, if you're really good. Let's see you dive off the rock, Unc. Well, that's pretty high. What's the matter? You afraid? Well, no, but no, I'm not afraid. I'll show you by George. You want to see me swim underwater, Mrs. Ransom? Can you read? Well, uh, just what? Goodness, look at Mr. Munson, Eve. He's actually swimming underwater. Hey, girls, aren't you going to watch me dive? Oh, my ankle. <laughs> you think it was a lobster, Mrs. Ransom? Telling me. <laughs> yes. You cut that off, Floyd. Hey, girls, you want to see me imitate a whale? Oh, I'd love to see that. Well, watch. First, I float on my back. 
bathing suit is hookers. Come on in, Peeve. The water's fine. You know, I think I'll just sit on the bank here and dabble my toes. <laughs> Come on up here with me, Peavy, and dive in. You'll get wet faster your way, Peavy. <laughs> What'd you say, Floyd? I didn't say anything. Oh, do come in, Mr. Peavy. The water's lovely. Uh, is it cold? It's just right. Stick your toe in. Well, <laughs> seems nice and moderate. Guess I can risk it. I'll just rub a little water on my chest and on my forehead and my stomach. What's that for, Peeve? That prevents a chill. <laughs> Look at me, darn it! I wonder if I can remember how to do a duck dive. Uh, would you ladies care to see me do my duck dive? Oh, we certainly would, wouldn't we? I can't think of anything more enjoyable. Hey, here I come! And now you watch. When I wiggle my feet just before they go under, that's the duck's tail feathers. Good. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> there go the tail feathers. <laughs> Look out, everybody. Here I come, and this time I mean it. Oh, 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 oh. We were all having a good time in the water, but the judge made us come and eat his barbecued frankfurters. His sauce wasn't so much. I only ate six. You ate seven. But I will say, everybody was nice and helped clean up afterward. Even Leroy did a little work. A little? Leroy didn't have time to do much work because Mr. Bullard drove out and took him and Marshall and Marjorie home in his car. That just left the grown-ups to ride back in the hay wagon, and uh, perhaps it was just as well. Moonlight's nice tonight, isn't it, Throckmorton? You bet. The moon's awfully pretty tonight, isn't it, Judge? Yes, it is, Leela. It is indeed. Moon's awful pretty tonight, ain't it, Peavy? <laughs> Get away from me, Floyd. <laughs> Are you comfortable, Eve? Mm-hmm, yes. Comfortable, Leela? Yes, thank you. Although the hay gets a little itchy after a while. Are you cold, Eve? Oh, mercy, no. Well, uh, couldn't you pretend you're a little chilly? Now, Throckmorton. I can hear every word you say, Commissioner. Well, play your accordion, Floyd, and give <laughs> us a chance. Okay. Floyd played some nice old songs. And Eve snuggled up to me a little. But I couldn't seem to get my mind on her. Maybe it was because I couldn't help noticing the judge kept trying to slide his arm around Leela. Leela's nothing to me, of course. But just the same when she called over to me. Why don't you sing, Throckmorton? Sing? 
Hi, George. That's a good idea, Leela. Why don't we all sing? Come on, Floyd. Something we all know. Well, let me see. How's that? Oh, that's just the one, Floyd. Okay. All together now, folks. In that of you can have at least a day this summer as fine as our last 4th of July. This is our last broadcast of the season, but we'll be back again for the Kraft Foods Company on September 11th. If you look at your calendar, you'll find out that September the 11th isn't Sunday at all. It's Wednesday. So you remember that and tell your friends. Next season, you'll hear the great Gildersleeve. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> on Wednesday instead of Sunday. It'll be the same network and your local paper will give you the time in the station. I guess all the members of our cast are looking forward to their vacations. I'd like to thank every one of them for the nice times we've had together all this year. There's Louise Erickson, who plays Marjorie, Walter Tetley, our little Leroy, and Lillian Randolph, whom you know as Bertie. Getting outside the immediate family, there's Shirley Mitchell, who plays Leela Ransom, and B. Benadaret, who's Eve Goodwin. Thanks, too, to the Jolly Boys, Arthur Q. Bryan, and Ken Christie, who are Floyd and Chief Gates. And to that not-so-jolly little boy, Tommy Bernard, who plays little Craig. And a jolly Johnny Lang, our announcer. <laughs> and of course, with every season that goes by, we appreciate more and more our two fine old standbys, Earl Ross, who plays Judge Hooker, and Richard Legrand, who is Mr. Peavy. As we come to the close of another season of fun on the Great Gildersleeve, we'd like to leave with you this very serious thought. How would your appetite hold up at dinner tonight if a starving child stood at your elbow? A child with hunger biting into his wide eyes and hollow cheeks. Please, just for a moment, pretend that you can see him beside you. This child who has known the worst of war and now faces famine. How when spring is back and our children frolic in the sun, these frail children of Europe and Asia long for bread. Help to feed them, and you can by buying and eating as little wheat and rice as possible, by turning in used fats and oils, eating more of the plentiful foods as much as possible from your own garden, preserving all you do not eat, wasting not a scrap. A child in Europe, when he gets some strength back in his body, will thank you for it. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. There you have it, friends. From June 9th, 1946, a great Gildersleeve 4th of July special. We hope you're enjoying this 4th of July program we're doing for you. I am your humble host. The show is Sounds Like Radio, and now it's time for a little Ray Charles and America the Beautiful. 
this is good. Every time I hear this song, I think of President Reagan. Charles singing America, America, uh, yeah, America the Beautiful Friends here on Sounds Like Radio. It sounds like radio's 4th of July show. I am your humble host. We've got another great Gildersleeve 4th of July coming up in just a minute, but first, we've got to listen to the Duke. It's John Wayne.
Tell her all about America, Duke. You ask me why I love her? Well, give me time. I'll explain. Have you seen a Kansas sunset or an Arizona rain? Have you drifted on a bayou down Louisiana way? Have you watched the cold fog drifting over San Francisco Bay? Have you heard a Bob White calling in the Carolina Pines? Or heard the bellow of a diesel in the Appalachia Mines? Does the call of the Niagara thrill you when you hear her waters roar? You look with awe and wonder at her Massachusetts shore where men who braved a hard new world first stepped on Plymouth's rock. Do you think of them when you stroll along a New York City dock? Have you seen a snowflake drifting in the Rockies way up high? Have you seen the sun come blazing down from a bright Nevada sky? Do you hail to the Columbia as you rush into the sea or bow your head at Gettysburg or struggle to be free? Have you seen the mighty Tetons? You watched an eagle soar. Have you seen the Mississippi roll along Missouri's shore? Have you felt a chill at Michigan when on a winter's day her waters rage along the shore in thunderous display? Does the word aloha make you warm? Do you stare in disbelief when you see the surf come roaring in at Waimea Reef? From Alaska's cold to the Everglades, from the Rio Grande to Maine, my heart cries out, my pulse runs fast, the might of Maine. You ask me why I love her? I have a million reasons why. My beautiful America, beneath God's wide, wide sky. Left me with my tonsils hanging out again. <laughs> oh man, wasn't that good? Yeah, John Wayne, the Duke himself, doing the uh, title track to his album called "America Wide Lover." Great album, came out in 1973, and uh, it just sounds so good. You know, that's a that's my original 1973 album too, and I tell you, for a, an old album, it don't sound bad at all. It's hard not to uh, sing along with these great American songs. And uh, I played that Duke song. I didn't realize they were going to use as the background music the America, the beautiful song. So it kind of uh, went along with the first song even better. Uh Well, I hope you didn't mind my singing along with Ray and singing along harmonies there behind the Duke to that other song with the same melody. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I do. It's a great 4th of July, friends. I just had myself a delicious submarine sandwich that I got from the Subway Sub Shop tonight as I listened to that first great Yildislave show. 
I ordered it. It was an Italian BMT, but for some reason, my mind began to doubt myself when I uh, when I was saying the words uh, BMT. I was thinking, is that right? Am I saying the right initials? BMT. It sounds funny. Uh, but then I looked up at the menu fast as I was saying BMT, and sure enough, it is BMT. <laughs> Don't really know what that stands for, but anyway, it's good. It's definitely good. Well, friends, let's get to our next Great Gildersleeve Fourth of July show. This is a show when the, the Great Gildersleeve has got to give a Fourth of July speech, but uh, it's a sort of unexpected because really the judge is supposed to give it, and, uh, and then, then it turned out that uh, the some governor guy was supposed to give it first, and then he gave it to the judge, and then the judge gave it to Guilty, and now Guilty wants to give it to somebody else. Next thing you know, uh, Bernie's going to be giving the speech. We, we, we don't know what's going to happen. We'll find out now. This is from July 2nd. 1952. Let's listen now to The Great Gildersleeve. The Kraft Foods Company presents Willard Waterman as The Great Gildersleeve. Gildersleeve is brought to you, partially transcribed, by the Kraft Foods Company. Kraft, makers of the one and only Miracle Whip salad dressing. We say one and only because there just isn't any other salad dressing like Miracle Whip. Miracle Whip is different, and it tastes different. Miracle Whip tastes so good, it's become the most popular salad dressing ever created. More Miracle Whip is sold than the next 20 leading brands of salad dressing combined. Try it. Make your salads better tasting with the one and only Miracle Whip. The great Gildersleeve has never plunged into the sea of matrimony, but he does like to dangle his toes in the water once in a while. A few days ago, he met a Miss Gloria McKinley, manager of the complaint department at Hogan Brothers. He hasn't had a date with her yet, but this afternoon, he has persuaded her to let him drive her home from work. Accordingly, we find him parked in front of the store with his motor running. I better leave it running, too. That policeman in the corner has his eye on me, and I'm parked in a loading zone. Well, I'm waiting to pick up a pretty little package. <laughs> right, George, I want to make a good impression on it should have washed the car. I didn't notice Leroy written in the dust in the hood. Oh, well. You, Gilday. Uh-oh, Judge Hooker. He would have to show up. Gilday, you're in a loading zone. I know it, Judge. And your motor's running. I know that, too. Why don't you turn it off before it boils over? Well, it is beginning to steam. You better start it up again, Gilday. You're too close to the fire plug. Oh, my goodness. The only backseat driver I ever saw who stands on the curb. Are you waiting for somebody? Judge, I'm not just sitting here trying to run out of gas. Oh, I know. It's closing time, and I'll bet you're waiting for Miss McKinley. Do you have a date? You bet. She's letting me drive her home. Well, I guess she figures that's better than taking the bus. Yes, yes. She can save a dime and make fewer stops. Unless you plan to stop and watch the sun setting behind the reservoir. <laughs> Judge, will you please go away? As it happens, Gildy, I must. I'm going home and read my Fourth of July speech. I'm orating at Kraft Park. 
Oh, I thought Congressman Greenhall was going to speak. Well, he's leaving for the convention, and I'm reading the speech that he prepared. Oh? I suppose you'll be there to hear me. There must be a better way to spend the fourth than listening to an old goat. <laughs> yeah, there. I don't exactly relish the assignment. Miss Matterhorn is vacationing at Virginia Lakes, and I'd plan to go up there for the fourth. Judge, I don't envy you reading somebody else's speech. Well, if I don't like what the congressman has written, I can always preface it by saying the views expressed in the speech do not necessarily represent the views of the speaker. Step aside, Judge. Huh? Here comes Miss McKinley. Oh, I'll open the door. Judge, let me open it. It's already open. Busy, buddy. Hello, Miss McKinley. Sorry if I kept you waiting, Mr. Gildersleeve. Not at all. I've kept him entertained. Judge, hop in, Miss McKinley. Oh, thank you. <sighs> Judge, you may now close the door. Well, aren't you going to introduce me? Oh, all right. Miss McKinley, may I present Judge Hooker? How do you do, Judge? This is a rare pleasure, Miss McKinley. Look at him bow. If he isn't careful, he'll bump his head on the running board. <laughs> Goodbye, Judge. Goodbye. Goodbye, Judge. I told you goodbye, Gildy. Why don't you go? <laughs> yes, yes. Come on, car. Could your car be out of gas? Oh, the water commissioner doesn't burn gas. He burns water. <laughs> oh, Judge. Darn car would have to embarrass me at a time like this. My, my, what a noisy car. Goodbye, Judge. Why don't you bring it to the park on the 4th and we'll use it instead of firecrackers? Courtroom <laughs> comedian. Is Judge Hooker a friend of yours? He poses as one. Well, all in one afternoon, I've met a distinguished judge, and I'm being driven home by the city water commissioner. Well, Miss McKinley, you'd be riding in a new car if this wasn't election year. <laughs> You've heard the cracks about freezers and fur coats and stuff like that, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. You men in the public eye have so many things to think about. Well, scarcely a day goes by that I don't think about something. <laughs> I always wondered what important men talk about. Yeah, so have I. Oh! oh. <laughs> you mean the judge and me? Of course. Oh, you don't have to be so modest, Mr. Gildersleeve. Well, thank you. Well, now, what problems were you two men wrestling with? Oh, nothing important, really. When you came up, we were just discussing the Fourth of July speech. Oh. Are you going to deliver the speech at the Fourth of July celebration? Me? How thrilling! Well, anyway, that's what the judge and I were discussing. And he was asking you to deliver the speech. Well, no, not exactly, Miss McKinley. Originally, our congressman was supposed to make the speech. <gasps> oh. But he couldn't be here, so he had to ask somebody else. So the congressman himself asked you. Are you a close friend of his, too? Well, I voted for him. <laughs> he helped put him in office, I mean. How wonderful that he asked you to take his place. What are you going to say in front of all those people, Mr. Gildersleeve? Well, frankly, I haven't given it much thought. I don't suppose that's a problem to an experienced orator like you. Well, you can be sure I'll come up with something. I wonder what I will come up with. <laughs>
That's how it happened, Marjorie. Now I'm behind the eight ball. Anki, why did you lead her to believe you were going to make the speech? I didn't. When a woman wants to believe something, she just believes it. I got an idea, Anki. What's that, Leroy? Tell me you can't make the speech because you have laryngitis. But I don't have laryngitis. Well, go get your feet wet and catch it. <laughs> well, Leroy, don't be ridiculous. Now, I'm not even supposed to give the speech. That's Judge Hooker's job. Why didn't you just tell her Judge Hooker was supposed to do it? Well, she made it sound like such a big thing, I couldn't say no. She'll probably be sitting in the front row, and if I don't appear, she'll think I'm a braggart. Yeah. She'll think I'm just trying to attract attention to myself. Yeah. She'll lose respect for me. Yeah. She'll think I'm just a big... Windbag? Yeah. Leroy. <laughs> oh, just helping you out. Yeah, well, don't put words in my mouth. Okay. What are you going to do, Anki? Well, now that I'm in this deep, there's only one thing to do. Call her and tell her she made a mistake about the whole thing. She made a mistake? Well, she got the wrong impression. I'll tell her Judge Hooker is making the speech. Oh, I think that's very wise, Anki. You bet. She'll like me better if I tell her the truth. Yeah, I'll drive over and see her right now and clear up the situation. Yeah, all right, Bertie. If it's for me, I'm just leaving. Yes, sir. Miss Gilsey, President. One moment, please. It's you, Miss Gilsey. Bertie, I said I was leaving. Yes, sir, but this is a lady. And when there's a lady on the phone, I know you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> oh, well. Hello? Hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. This is Gloria McKinley. Miss McKinley? Oh, yes, Miss McKinley. Well, I was just thinking about you. There's something I want to talk to you about. Oh, I hope you don't think it's terrible of me to phone you, but there's something I must talk to you about, too. Good. Uh, glad you called, but first let me clear up something about that Fourth of July speech. The speech of yours is what has me so excited. I've just had the most marvelous idea. Oh? Hogan Brothers is having a special Fourth of July window display. You're fine. Now, about the speech. I'm coming to that. I'm so thrilled about your making the speech. I'm having our art department put a sign in the store window. A sign in the window? Telling people not to miss the important address to be delivered in Craft Park by Commissioner Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. Zeke. Miss McKinley, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, it was nothing. Yes, it was. You don't understand. Suppose I don't even make the speech. But you said you were going to. No, wait a minute, Miss McKinley. Mr. Gildersleeve, you weren't just leading me on, were you? Miss McKinley, I'd never do that. Oh, I'm sure you would. Now then, what did you want to talk to me about? You said there was something that needed clearing up. Clearing up? Oh, yes, yes, well... It's a little cloudy. I hope the weather clears up so I can give that speech. The sun is shining at my house. It isn't shining over here. You look a little better this morning, Aunt. You don't look so worried and wrinkled. Leroy, I'm not wrinkled. And I do feel better this morning. I don't get it. You meet a new girl, and the first time you take her out, you get yourself in a big hassle. Yeah, I'm not in a hassle. I figured the whole thing out. Yeah? Judge Hooker doesn't want to make the Fourth of July speech anyway. All I have to do is offer to make it for him. He'll be delighted. Then he can go to Virginia Lakes and see Miss Matterhorn. He'd rather look at Miss Matterhorn than make a speech? Well, there's no accounting for tastes. 
Yeah, I'm stopping here in the judge's office, my boy. See you later. So long. The judge's door is open. Look at him wave his arms. No wonder if he's practicing his speech or there's a bee in his office. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to preface my remarks by relating an amusing little anecdote. Hey, he's working on his speech all right. On the way to Craft Park this afternoon, I met two gentlemen named Pat and Mike. Pat and Mike. Judge! Pat said to Mike... Judge, do you mind if I interrupt? Oh, hello, Gildy. I was just rehearsing the opening of my Fourth of July address. Well, Judge, you can forget the speech. What? Yeah, I know your heart isn't in it. You'd rather go up and join Miss Matterhorn. Well, the speech is knocking out of the trip. It doesn't have to. I've come to do you a big favor, old friend. Oh? I've decided to make the speech for you. You have? Why? Why? Well, Judge, don't ask silly questions. Just take advantage of my generous offer and hit the road. Gildy, why are you so anxious to get me out of town? You must have a reason. I'm only thinking of you and Miss Matterhorn. You know you want to be with her, and she wants to be with you. Well, yes, she does. I had a card from her this morning saying, having wonderful time, wish you were here. You see, Judge? Now get going and forget about the speech. Just hand it to me. Now, I'd better make the speech. The congressman asked me. Well, you can ask me. Go ahead, ask me. I'll do it. In fact, I've got to do it. I won't do that to our congressman. Oop. You know I'm a better speaker than you are. Is that so? I heard you speak at the Elks Club once, and even the stuffed elk got up and walked out. <laughs> Good. The great Gildersleeve will be back in just a minute. The time is early evening. The place is your dining room. The table is set with your best linen and china and silver because you're expecting guests. And you, the hostess and star of this drama, are proudly bringing in the most beautiful and elegant-looking salad you've ever fixed. You're relaxed, too, sure that this salad will taste just as delicious as it looks because you've used the salad dressing you know will give it just the right flavor. Miracle Whip. Miracle Whip salad dressing has a flavor millions of folks call just exactly right. It's a lively, teasing flavor. Distinctive, too. One you won't find in any other salad dressing. That's because Miracle Whip is a different kind of salad dressing. It's made from a secret craft recipe and gives you the best qualities of old-fashioned boiled dressing and fine, rich mayonnaise. Miracle Whip has a perfect texture, too. Creamy, thick and smooth as satin because this salad dressing is blended carefully with special craft beaters. No wonder it's America's favorite salad dressing, the most popular salad dressing ever created. So whether you're fixing fancy company salads or the simplest salad in the world for your family, remember to make it extra delicious. Make it with Miracle Whip. <laughs> Well, the great Gildersleeve was so anxious to impress his new girlfriend, Miss McKinley, that he was willing to let her believe he was making the important Fourth of July address in Kraft Park. Now, the water commissioner is in hot water. The judge certainly did surprise me, Marjorie. He didn't care a thing about making the speech until he found out somebody else wanted to do it. Well, that's a very human reaction, Anki. Yeah, that's the trouble with the old goat. He's too human. 
He immediately suspected that I was up to something. Weren't you? Well, naturally. But what sort of a friend is he to accuse me of it? Ain't you giving the speech, Miss Gilfield? Uh, apparently not, Bertie. Yes, sir. But there's a sign in Hogan Brothers' window that says you are. I know, Bertie. It says here, Commissioner Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve speak on the 4th of July. I saw that sign, Bertie, but it's misleading. Then you're not reading the congressman's speech? No, the congressman really asked the judge. Because the congressman didn't want to? Well, he wanted to, but he couldn't, Bertie. Yes, ma'am. And the judge didn't want to, but I do, so now he wants to. Oh, yes, sir. I wonder if that speech knows who's going to make it. <laughs> what do you mean, Betty? Well, the congressman wanted to make it, but he couldn't, and the judge could and would, but he didn't want to. Then you come along and want to, but couldn't, because when you wanted the judge to give it up, he wouldn't. <laughs> Bertie, it isn't funny. No, sir. Anki. Anki, don't you think you should call Miss McKinley and tell her to take that sign out of the window? Well, I'm going to phone the judge and give him one more chance to change his mind. I hate to crawl back to him and beg him, but beggars can't be choosers. Hello, Judge Hooker speaking. Hello, Judge. About that speech you don't want to give. What about it, Gilda? Well, I just wondered if you wouldn't reconsider. I have reconsidered. You have? My answer is still no. I, oh, my goodness. I saw that sign in Hogan Brothers' window. Well, then you see, I have to make the speech or I'll be the laughing stock of the town. another suit? When I thought I was going to rough it at Virginia Lakes, I sent all my suits to the cleaners. They're rushing my blue serge for me. Well, Judge, Horace, old friend, if you're so busy, why don't I stop by and pick up your suit for you? Would you do that for me, Gilda? You bet. Naturally, I want to do anything I can to help make the 4th of July a success. Well, Gilda, be sure to pick it up before five. Are closed over the floor. Don't worry, Judge. You'll have something to wear. Thank you, Gildy, old friend. I have to hang up now and get busy. Yeah, I have to get busy, too. <laughs> Goodbye, Judge. Goodbye. You don't seem the least bit upset about not getting to make the speech. Oh, not a bit, my dear. <laughs> Just imagine. The judge doesn't have a thing to wear tomorrow. <laughs> What's so funny? Anki, you are going to pick up the judge's suit, aren't you? Sure. But there could be many a slip between the cleaners and Judge Hooker's house. <laughs> Bertie! Yes, sir? Is Leroy's little blue suit up in the closet? You're pretty clever. Pretty clever the way you outfoxed the judge. Yeah, I had quite a time explaining why I didn't bring the suit by last night. Now it's too late for him to do anything about it. Ooh, wait until he tries to put on Leroy's suit. And lucky for the old judge, I can step into the breach, though. So. Well, I can see Miss McKinley now, sitting in the front row in something summary, listening to me give the speech. Well, Gilday. It's about time you got here. Hello, Judge. 
Here's the suit in the bag. All right, give it to me. Don't be so impatient, Judge. If you'll excuse me, I'll slip into the next room. I want to dress and rehearse my speech in front of the mirror. Yo, brother. Wait until he sees himself in that suit. <laughs> if you hadn't shown up with this suit, I'd have had to leave for Virginia Lakes. I certainly couldn't make the speech in my bathing suit. Well, your barber pole swimsuit covers you pretty well, Judge. I can't see very well in here. Guilty. Are you sure this is my suit? It's blue serge. That's funny. Feels awfully small. And maybe you've gained weight, Judge. I might have gained a couple of pounds, but I know I haven't grown this much. Why, the pants cuffs come clear up to my knees. <laughs> they do? Yeah. Everything shrunk. Gildy, come in here and look at this. I'd like to. This is ridiculous. Oh, my goodness. Judge, you can't stand up in public like that. Stand up? I can't even sit down. <laughs> Judge, don't try it. I can't bend. See? Oh, Leroy's suit. Bertie, how's my new suit? I'm going to need it. It's pressed and in the closet. Are you making a speech? You bet. The judge is on his way to Virginia Lakes. Yes, sir. You should have seen him trying to squeeze into Leroy's pants. Yes, sir. Where's Leroy's suit now? Well, I'll have to buy him a new one. But it was worth it. I sure tricked the old judge. Yes, sir, but this ain't April Fool's Day, you know. What's this, Bertie? This is the 4th of July, and that's Independence Day. It ain't April Fool's Day. Now, Bertie. The judge don't get to speak, and Leroy lost his pants, but that don't make it April Fool's Day. This is Independence Day. You don't fool around with Independence. Yeah, all right. Mr. Gillespie, you know why you don't play April Fool jokes on the 4th of July? Yes, That's Bertie. right, because it's Independence Day, and you don't fool around with Independence. <laughs> Good old Bertie. She takes Independence Day pretty seriously. Well... I do, too. That's why I want to be with Miss McKinley. She seems to like big shots, and by George, that's exactly what I am. I'll mesmerize her with my speech and then take her to the hot dog stand. Never mind, Bertie. I'm right here. wonder who that is. Hope the judge didn't decide to come back and speak in his bathing suit. Hello, Throckmorton. Miss McKinley. I didn't expect to see you. Come in. Oh, I haven't time. I just stopped by on my way out of town. Out of town? But I just couldn't leave without wishing you luck with your speech today. Miss McKinley, you're not going to be there? Oh, didn't I tell you? I'm going to Hogan Brothers' Fourth of July picnic with the assistant manager. Uh, assistant manager? But I thought you wanted to hear me speak. Oh, I do. But I can't afford to offend the assistant manager. You can't? Mr. Gildersleeve, he's an important man. But what about me? Oh, you can read me the speech some other time. Goodbye now, and I'll be thinking about you every minute. <sighs> Big help. Oh, I don't care whether I go or not, Leroy. 
Somehow my heart isn't in reading the speech. Well, gosh, you sure worked enough angles to get the chance. Now, Leroy, all this is Judge Hooker's doings. What? What a sneaky thing to do. Run off to Virginia Lakes and have the time of his life, toss his old speech in my lap. Get him. Oh, brother. I don't have to make this speech. I'm not trying to impress anybody. Oh, that's right. She ran out on you, didn't she? Leroy. Excuse me, aren't you putting on your new suit? Oh, I don't know, Bertie. It's getting late. I see people heading for Craft Park. I'm going to parade with the Boy Scouts, Unc. Good for you, my boy. I just saw a man in a uniform pass here with a bass drum. There's going to be big doings today. Great. Leroy, I think I'll let you take the speech down and give it to somebody on the committee. Yeah? Who? Well, give it to Mr. Sprague. He likes to be in the limelight. Is this a speech here on the table? What's the speech about? It says freedom. And you ain't going to read it, Mr. Gilsey? Bertie, it isn't my job. Congressman Greenhall wrote the speech. It was his job to give it. Yes, sir. Then it was the judge's job. Then they wished the job onto me. Yes, sir. Hey, Unc, it says here that freedom is everybody's job. What's that? The speech says the survival of our freedom depends on everybody. Who? And listen to this. If we want to preserve the liberties we commemorate on this 4th of July, each of us must conscientiously work at being good citizens. Yes, sir. If you want to do anything right, you got to work at it. If you want to be a good cook, you got to work at it. If you want to be a good citizen, you got to work at it. That's true, Bertie. Hey, get a load of this, Unc. Being a good citizen means voting in elections, keeping informed and making our opinions known to our representatives, serving on juries and school boards, and... Unc, how about that time you wiggled out of jury duty? Well, I did get off the jury, but I was serving on the school board at the time. Let me see that speech, Leroy. Sure. Hmm. This makes a lot of sense. Our American heritage, the rights and liberties which we cherish, must be made an increasingly vital part of our everyday life. We must work together to keep our freedom, not just take it for granted. That's right. By George, we'd better watch it. We could lose some of those liberties before we know it. Come on, Leroy, we're going down to Craft Park and tell them a thing or two. The Great Gildersleeve will be with us again in just 30 seconds. Too hot to cook? Make a cool, easy salad main dish and make it really delicious with Miracle Whip salad dressing. Mmm, and I mean really delicious because Miracle Whip has such a wonderful flavor, a peppy flavor, a flavor that folks everywhere call just right. It's a different flavor, too, one no other salad dressing has. Try Miracle Whip on the very next salad you make. See how much better tasting your salads are when you make them with the one and only Miracle Whip salad dressing. You got the speech, Unc? You bet. 
right here in my inside pocket. Boy, if you lost that, you'd be sunk. Oh, I don't know. Well, you've got to have something to read. You haven't got it memorized. Well, I'd get up there and say something. I know a few things, my boy. I've got quite a bit of history right at my fingertips. Yeah? Yes, indeed. Did you know, my boy, that yesterday was the 85th birthday of one of our closest neighbors? Oh, Mr. Bullard? <laughs> Mr. Bullard, no. It was the 85th birthday of our country's good neighbor to the north, Canada. No kidding. That's right. The United States and Canada have been good neighbors for more years than you could count. Working together, each contributing to the prosperity of the other. We have the kind of working friendship that should be a lesson and an inspiration to other countries all over the world. All right, George, let's all wish Canada a happy birthday. Good night, folks. Great Gildersleeve is played by Willard Waterman. The show is written by John Elliott and Andy White and is partially transcribed. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley, Mary Lee Robb, Lillian Randolph, Earl Ross, and Gloria Blondell. Musical compositions by Jack Meekin. This is John Heaston saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the famous line of Kraft quality food products. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday throughout the summer for the further adventures of The Great Gildersleeve. Who likes sandwiches? Just about everyone when they're made with Miracle Sandwich Spread. Miracle Sandwich Spread gives sandwiches a wonderfully different, delicious flavor. Created by Kraft, Miracle Sandwich Spread is made from America's favorite salad dressing, Miracle Whip, and spicy relishes. For quick, easy, thrifty sandwiches, use Miracle Sandwich Spread alone between slices of bread, or use it along with the meat or cheese sandwich filling you like best. Get it tomorrow. Miracle Sandwich Spread. Tonight, hear the best of Groucho Marx on NBC. Well, I like that show. That was Willard Waterman playing the Great Gildersleeve here on Sounds Like Radio. No 4th of July Great Gildersleeve program would be complete without Kate Smith to sing God Bless America. Here's the Great Kate Mountains to the prayer.
I absolutely love it. Let's hear it for the great Kate Smith friends here on Sounds Like Radio. Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? Well, friends, we got to close out the program. Now, I can't believe how fast the time has flown by. We'll close out with a little Bing Crosby. American rousing number here as Bing is about to join the crowd singing You're a Grand Old Flag. We hope you're enjoying this great happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July to every one of you out there, and uh, good luck, friends. We'll see you next time with more great old-time radio shows and the great Gildersleeve in particular. Till next time, friends, I am your humble host. For Sounds Like Radio, happy 4th of July. Take it away, Bing. You're a grand old flag, you're a high-flying flag, and forever in peace may you wave. You're the emblem of the land I love, the home of the free and the brave. Every heart beats true under red, white, and blue, and it's never a false star flag. But should A couple of years back, Bing Crosby recorded this album with Frank Sinatra, America, I Hear You Singing. Here's a great song called This is a Great Country. Here's Bing Crosby. This is a great country, a great country, so let's shout it clear and loud. Take a look in your history book and you'll see why we should be proud. 